Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, out of, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. I'm going to stop right there for now. But I just want to speak to you today from this thought, salvation from the beginning. Salvation from the beginning. God has always intended for mankind to be saved. He came into this world. He didn't come to condemn the world. But he came that the world might be reconciled unto himself. Amen. It is not the will of God that any man should perish. I will tell you that if anyone goes to hell, they will go to hell because they stepped over many opportunities to turn around. Amen. God's not in the business of trickery. He's not in the business of smoke and mirrors. He want to reveal himself to whosoever will. Amen. And salvation has always been the plan of God. God bless you. And you can be seated. Just keep your Bibles there, if you will, Genesis 2. Amen. There are some... There are some who read uh, the Genesis account of Adam's fall, Adam and Eve's fall, and uh, they walk away from that, and they only see the fall. That's just, that's as far as their mind goes. It's just you know, man fell, man had a golden opportunity, and and uh, man fell, and they focus on the fall. Maybe some. Uh, read this passage of scripture and think that somehow God got tricked and lost this battle with Satan. However, that is not the truth because God has always had a plan. Always had a plan. I believe that everything in the New Testament is a reflection of things that are in the Old Testament. These are not two separate books that are unrelated. Some would say that the Old Testament is not for us today. That was for them and there. And uh, so we just need to kind of take a pen knife and, and cut the Old Testament out of our Bibles. It doesn't, uh, it's not relevant, doesn't relate to us today. But nothing could be further from the truth. That is not true at all. Because everything in the New Testament is first revealed in the Old Testament. Things don't just appear in Scripture, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. We, we don't just stumble along and then say, well, where did that come from? Amen. The Apostle Paul says that the law, speaking of the law, the Old Testament, that the law was just merely a schoolmaster. This was our prep school. 
And uh, it is leading us, it is pointing us to the New Testament. This means that the plan of salvation did not show up on the day of Pentecost, first and foremost. Now we're just hearing about this, and this was that somehow God had just had a change of direction, a change of mind. There was a, a mystical, powerful, dynamic shift. Absolutely not. I mean, the plan of salvation didn't just show up in the upper room. I believe that you can trace the plan of salvation all through the scripture, and I believe we can do that beginning in the book of Genesis. And so I want to look back at our text, and I'm going to pick up here at uh, verse number 10, Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 10. And the Bible says, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. And the name of the first was Pison, that is, which, that is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is delium and onyx stones. And the name of the second river is Gion. The same is that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hittichel, that is, which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. And so we see this one river that God had placed in the garden, because if we remember that it had not rained, there was no rain until the time of, Moses, until the time of Noah. And so uh, here is this river that was there, one singular river, in order to water the garden. However, there is a reason and there is a purpose of why this river has now broken off into four heads when it entered into the Garden of Eden. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. And so as you know that God made the Garden of Eden and he made man and he made woman and he placed them in this garden. The word Eden means pleasure. I believe that we cannot even imagine. We talk about the beauty of heaven, the majesty of heaven. Well, I don't think that we can in our finite minds even understand or comprehend the beauty of Eden. Amen. This was God's creation. This was God's paradise. It was considered a garden. Amen. But it didn't, it didn't rain then like it rains now. Certainly like it's been raining the last several hours. And uh, almost needed a kayak to get in here this morning. Amen. But, but it was, so there was no such rain as that. But God had given a river. He had given a river because in that river there was going to be life. And so this is where he placed Adam and Eve. And then we look at verse number 15. The Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of, of, the, tree of, of uh, the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So we understand, perhaps, the story of the Garden of Eden, certainly the story of Adam and Eve and their creation, and sadly, their fall. And it was a horrible day, a horrible day when Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. The Bible talks about uh, the Lord coming to visit them in the cool of the day, and after their sin was found out, and after they were... Uh, uh, first inadequately clothed and then properly clothed by God after a sacrifice. There was a flaming sword that stood at the entrance of that garden. They were never allowed to go back. 
because there was a separation of God and man because of the fall and because of sin. And so when God broke all fellowship with them, they lost access to that one river that flowed through the garden because they could not get back to that. And so now, according to scripture, they're having to deal with thorns and thistles and this was not a part of their life heretofore. Now they're dealing with the pain of having to make a living by the sweat of their brow. And uh, sin has come in and ravaged a perfect life and ravaged paradise. And ultimately sin had separated God and man. Amen. And sin still does the same thing today. But God had a plan then, and it is the same plan now. Amen. And so this morning, I just want to underline from the very beginning that God intended for mankind to receive through his blood, repentance and baptism and the infilling of his spirit that was in the mind of God all along. Amen. Because I believe that now... God has another garden. I believe now God has another paradise, so to speak. And that garden today is called the church. Amen. We're allowed to be here today in the presence of God. We're not separated from man. There's not a flame and sword to keep us out of the presence of God. I'm thankful for the church. I really mean that. Amen. The church doesn't grow fruit. Amen. But the church grows the souls of mankind. The sweetest thing that I know is to be in the house of God with people of like precious faith. Hear me today. I love church. It's, it is our whole life. Amen. Church is not just something we do. Church is who we are. We don't just think about church on Sunday or think about church on Wednesday or think about church at some other special moment or event. Church is it's just who we are. It's the, it's the makeup of life. We've kind of joked about this through the years. Many of us, I've said it publicly here, but individually that uh, we are so accustomed in our world. Our church services are held on Sunday and Wednesday. And so our lives kind of ping off of Sunday and Wednesday. And uh, if we ever miss a service or have to uh, be absent from a service or back during the COVID when we were having to cancel services from time to time, your whole life is just kind of discombobulated. What day is this? Because everything is tethered to those two things. It's the, it's the church. It's not because we have a title. It's not because we have a position, but we understand this is a garden. This is a place where souls of, of and men and women are changed. Amen. And coming through the church, coming through right through the church, amen, are these four spiritual rivers of God that I want to talk to you about this morning. Amen. The source of these rivers is not Eden, but the source of these rivers is Calvary. Aren't you glad that Calvary made a difference. Amen. Thanks to Calvary, the song said, I, I don't go there anymore. Thanks to Calvary, we've been able to change. Thanks to Calvary, things are different in our lives. Amen. The substance of, of course, this river is not water, but the substance of this river is the is the unadulterated blood of Jesus Christ. And so with his life-preserving blood, I believe not only can God nourish and keep and preserve, but God can bless his church. I thank God for the blood. Amen, we grew up singing songs like that. Amen, I thank God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that not only was found in the book of Exodus, but I'm thankful for the redeeming blood that is found in the church today. 
Amen. These rivers of Genesis are important. They're necessary for salvation. They're necessary for the life of the church. They're necessary for you and I individually. And so it's important, I think, to note, and I don't want to move too fast, don't want to move too slow this morning, but I think it's also important to, to note that there was one river that one river broke into four heads. Amen. We have one Lord. We have one faith. We have one baptism. Amen. God knows exactly what we need. There is a source. And from the very beginning of creation, God ordered this river to break off into four different directions. And so the first division of this powerful river is called Pison. Pison means overflowing. Or Pison means ever-changing. Because something overflows, it will be ever-changing. It was a river that continually overflowed its banks. Amen. And so what grew then around this river was very lush and green. And, and what grew around this river was always fresh because the propensity of Pison was to go outside of its banks. It was an incredible, and this is an incredible picture of what the blood can do in the life of a person. Can I tell you, amen, that we can plead the blood and that blood can go where we cannot go. It can overflow its banks. You may not be able to walk into their home into their heart. You may not even be able to walk into their mind. But I'm gonna tell you, when we start pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, that blood, it can reach where we cannot reach. Amen. And whatever it touches is going to be changed. Whatever it touches is going to be refreshed and going to be renewed. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ. We sing the song. It can reach to the highest mountain and it can flow to the lowest valley. Don't give up on whoever you're praying for. Don't give up on whatever you're praying for because the blood of the Lord can reach that situation. I believe when a soul of a man or a woman, when a person repents, this river of Pison begins to work in their life because it is God's shed blood that gives us the power to change the way we think, to change the way we act, to change how we believe, to change how we live. It takes the blood. You can't just say, I'm gonna be so determined that this is what I'm gonna do in my own strength. That will only take you so far. But I'll promise you, if we'll let the power of repentance touch our life, if we'll let the spirit and the power of repentance, that's why, I just let me say it one more time, don't ever rush somebody through the process of repentance. Amen, I don't think it has to take months. I don't think it has to take years. It probably don't even have to take hours, but it needs to take what it takes. Amen. Amen. Nathan, uh, Nathan went to uh, David and he pointed out his sin. And in that instant, David repented of his sin, sincerely repented of his sin. And others may need more time because don't ever underestimate the power of, forget, of, of repentance because repentance, that brokenness in the part of a man or a woman in their mind and their heart, that's what it takes. You gotta have a change of how you think. We gotta have a change of which way we're gonna walk, amen, to turn and go back the other way. That's why the Bible talks about the angels in heaven that rejoice over one soul that repents, Amen, because there's so much power in repentance. So try, as we may to change our own lives, we're always gonna fall short because we can't change our nature without the help of God. But that doesn't mean there's no hope because the river of repentance gives us power to be changed. 
having a real place of repentance, true repentance in our lives will continually change us. You know, some people believe that repentance is just a one-time only proposition. We just pray a prayer of repentance and, and then we just move on. But God placed that river in the garden to signify that we need this every day. I need that to flow in my life every day. Paul said, I die daily. I've got to be washed by this every day. We need this overflowing and this life-changing river to minister to us on a daily basis. I need God's power to touch me in every situation. I don't ever want to be wise enough. I think I got it together and I've got it from here, Lord. No, no. And no, 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 amen, I've said it many times and if the Lord will give me breath, I'll keep saying it. I've been preaching over 40 years but I don't ever walk to a pulpit somewhere between wherever I'm standing and time to get behind that desk that I don't say, Lord, I need you to go with me. I don't wanna figure this out on my own. I haven't got it together. I need you to go with me. I need a daily washing of the power and the presence of God. According to Genesis 2 and 11, the river of Pison is surrounded, uh, is surrounded, uh, surrounds the land of Havilah. That's what the Bible calls Havilah. Havilah was a dry place. Havilah was a desert place. And I think this is significant because this is how we are without this river running through the church. Amen. We're just going to be a dry place and a desert place. We need the power and the presence of God. The only thing that makes this church different than any other church in the world is the power and the presence of God. Amen, there will be people that gather by the tens of thousands all across our nation and around the world, but the Spirit of God will not be welcomed in their presence. It will not be entertained in their presence. We'll not be allowed to lift our hands and worship them, amen. So what makes us different is not who we are, it's not our last name, it's it's what, not what talent we may or may not have. What makes a difference in this house today is because we would be a dry and a, and a barren place without this river of life running through us. Hallelujah. If we come in and try to do this without God, it's just gonna be man's effort and it's all gonna fall in the ground. It's all will fall to dust. However, the, the land of Havilah, was rich in gold and, and dallium and onyx stones. And these were all materials that were used in the building of the temple of God. The world that we live in is a dry place. It's a desert place. There are people today that are so disillusioned. They're trying to find the answer in many, many sources. And they're using up a lot of resources to try to find the answer because it's a dry place. And they can't get their thirst quenched. And they can't get their hunger satisfied. But flowing right through the middle, amen, of, of this world today. And right here this morning is a beautiful overflowing and an ever-changing river called Pison. I'm thankful that there's the power of God in this place today. We we feel him at the very opening of every service. We feel him all throughout the service. We feel him at the closing of a service. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's, it's, it's searching the land. The blood of the Lord, the spirit of God is searching the land. Brother Herndon uh, mentioned this this morning that if you're hungry, if we thirst, I may not say it exactly as he said it, but it's to whosoever will. Amen. God is searching for somebody. The Lord is looking. His spirit is looking right now. Just a few services ago, Brother Osborne talked about his grandmother, Sister Vivian Osborne, who was attending a different kind of church, a 
church of another faith, but in prayer and in sincere searching. She was hungry for the Lord, hungry for more. And you know what the Lord allowed? He allowed the river. Amen, he allowed that river to flow through the dry place. Hallelujah, without a preacher. Hear me today, I'm not being cynical, no flip chart. Amen, without anybody there to sow, this is what you do systematically, not taken away from that, that's important. But I'm gonna tell you that the spirit of God was flowing through a dry place and it revealed himself, hallelujah. Amen, I'm thankful for a river that's always overflowing, a river that's always changing course. Amen, a river that has a capacity. Amen, if I'm not here, amen, and the river says, well, I'll just come where you are. I'll reach over where you are. A river that flows out of its banks has the ability to change course. The mighty Mississippi River. Amen, it is a mighty river. Amen, however, historically, it is shown that over the course of time that the Mississippi River has changed its course. As a matter of fact, historically, about every thousand years, the Mississippi River has changed its course. Now, it changed its course simply by, because of one thing, and that is because it overflowed its banks, its banks. And at times when it overflowed its banks, whenever the water went back down, it receded down and the river had taken yet another course. I wanna tell you, amen, that the blood of Jesus Christ demands and commands a change in course. And when we allow the spirit of repentance to flow in our lives, amen, we may be headed this way this year, but I will tell you that at the altar of brokenness and consequences, God can change our hearts. And just because this is where we are here and now, and just because this is where you are here and now, can I tell you that the blood can have the ability to change the course. If the Mississippi River can change its course, amen. If the Mississippi River can change its course, can I tell you there's hope for you and I that we can change our course as well. Praise God. The second part of that river was named Guyon. Amen, this name means bursting forth into new life, bursting forth into something fresh, bursting forth into something new. I found it interesting to note that there is a tunnel that is cut through the rock beneath the city of David. And this tunnel that is some 1,750 feet long leads from Guyon, amen, to the river of Guyon to what we call the Siloam Pool or perhaps we know it as the Pool of Siloam. Amen, Guyon means bursting forth with new life. Amen, and so Guyon runs into the Pool of Siloam and this is where the Lord sent the blind man Amen, the blind man, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Go and wash in this river that can change. Go and wash in some water that can burst forth into new life. And can I tell you that he went into that water blind, but he came out of that water with new sight because God said, I wanna send you to Guyon. I wanna send you to a place where there's some new life. I'm preaching to us today. Amen, there's something running down through the center of the church. There's something running down through the center of the church church. Amen. This river flows right through the power of God's presence and the power of God's people. Amen. It is a river that has says I will bring freshness. It's a river that says I will bring newness. Can I tell you that there's healing found in this river and there is strength found in this river and there is light found in this river. There is life found in this river. There is hope found in this river. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Modern religion says that healing is no longer available for the church. 
Now that may be true for their church. But I just want to rise and say, speak for yourself. I just got to rise and declare that may be true in your world. But it's only true in your world because you're limiting God. Amen. But it, it may be true in your church, but it's not true in the church. Because in the church, there is a hand of healing. And there are many people sitting on these pews today that can stick your hand up and say, I have been the recipient of the healing hand of God. Amen. It was not a maybe. It was not a might have been. Amen. It was not I hope so. No, no. The hand of God touched us and lifted us and raised us and changed us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. History teaches us that the Jews used this river to wash their garments because they said there was just something about the water of Gion that did a magnificent job of getting the the, the stains and the dirt and the debris out of their garments. Amen, I just can't help but liken that to baptism this morning. Amen, there's just something about the power of that water. Amen, there's something about the power of obedience. Amen, there's something about the power of coming in into, uh, into commitment and communion with God. This is very important because this was the only way the Lord said you can have your sins remitted. Isaiah, Isaiah 1 and 18, the Bible says, says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. I'm going to tell you, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you this morning for all those that say the blood no longer has its power. You're, what you're trying to say is that the blood can no longer save. And I just have to take, I just have to take opposition with you today. Amen. I've watched the blood change too many lives. I've watched the blood heal too many people. I've watched the blood make too much difference. Hallelujah. The blood, the blood, the blood. The blood is applied to our lives through baptism in Jesus' name. That blood has the authority and the power to wash away sin completely and to make us whole. Praise God. You go down into that water one person, but you come out of that water a different person. Paul said it this way, old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. We baptize in Jesus' name because that's the way they did it in the New Testament. Every disciple who spoke about it did it this way. Amen. These are the very men. I want you to look closely at this scripture. These are the very men that Luke referred to in Luke 24 and 27. This is so imperative that we understand. The Bible says in Luke 24, 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures of things concerning himself. These men were not just on some whimsical idea. They did not float off some weekend and get somewhere out in the seventh heaven. No. Amen. The Spirit of God began at Moses and every prophet that followed Moses and the Lord expounded into them amen all the scriptures of things concerning what? Himself. Amen. Moses was talking about 
He was talking about Jesus. They were pointing. They were pressing. They were ever looking forward. Amen. God had opened their understanding of the scripture concerning himself. And so if we listen to anyone about such foundational things such as repentance and baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, hear me today. Amen. It it should be from those men that Jesus had given them the, the revelation to. That Jesus had given them understanding of. Amen. He expounded to them in the scriptures all things concerning him I'm thankful for men that were moved on by the spirit of God and obediently they used pen and parchment to capture the eternal truths of the word we're not out here on our own ladies and gentlemen amen we didn't write our own bible we didn't create our own book we didn't create our own doctrine this is not something that we're just doing that flies only under the apostolic flag I'm telling you this morning you could call this church whatever you wanted to call it but if you preach this book somebody's going to repent of their sins amen they're going to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin and they shall and they shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and that baptism of the Holy Ghost is going to be evidence with speaking with other tongues why not because we said it but because he said it he said it praise God amen the third head of that river was, was named Hidekel, which means active. Amen. It an, it's, it's, was never the plan for God, of God, for God's church to be dead, dull, boring. No. We serve an active God. We serve a dynamic God. We serve a God that's ever moving. A God that is ever working. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. God is working when when our bodies have run down and demand that we close our eyes and give rest to our flesh. Amen. You're never going to wake up God. You're never going to find God with sleep in His eyes. No. Because while we're resting, God is moving. And even when we can't see it, we sing about this, but even when we can't see it, see it, He's working. And even when we can't feel it, He's working. Hallelujah. When you can't reach out and put your hand on it and say this is what God has done, we know that God is ever busy and He is always working and He is working for us. I was in the church the other day praying. It was in, in just during the middle of the day in the middle of the week I was in the church praying, walking around these aisles and I just began to think about how this church even came into existence and I, did, I don't think God needed me to remind him of that. No, no. I don't think the Lord has forgotten it. I don't think he had to run and go back in a diary or in a journal somewhere to look it up. But I just said Lord, we're not here by accident. This church is not here by accident. This church is not here because somebody had preachers in this church is not here because somebody rebelled and went to do their own thing no God we are here by divine appointment and I know we're not lost to you amen I know Lord that you know where we are and I know God that we're here by your divine appointment because I feel your spirit moving I feel your spirit moving and so God because I can't put my hand on it doesn't mean you're not doing it and because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening hallelujah I'm going to just dip my foot in the river of Hittichel. Amen. I'm going to just dip my root in the river of Hittichel and realize God is still moving and God is still working. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes. 
Because God is dynamic. His spirit is not static. Amen. And so the water that flows through the church, and I'll be specific, the water that flows through this church is thirst quenching water. Amen. That's what we're talking about today. Something that can satisfy. I remember years ago, as a matter of fact, I think Brother Mike Wilson said it was the first song he writ, he, he wrote. Um, writ. <laughs> the first song that he wrote was Jesus, You Satisfy. Oh, my word, what a beautiful song. What a beautiful song. Jesus, You Satisfy. I believe we can relate to that today. Amen. Searching souls stopped searching when they drank of this fountain. Amen. Searching souls stop searching when they drink of this. I'll ask our musicians to come, but I'm not quite through. Remember the woman at the well outside of Samaria, John 4. Jesus told her this. He said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Now this was a significant well they were sitting at. But he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. And then he went on to say something that could have been somewhat mystical to her. He said, the water shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. I believe what Jesus was describing was the difference between was the difference between the pleasures of the world and the water of the church. And so you can drink of the pleasures of the world and you may be satisfied for a moment, but you're going to wake up thirsty in the morning and you're going to wake up hungry again. But he said, but the water that I'm talking about is going to be in you. A well springing up. Not just something that you have to take in. It's going to be something springing out of you. Jesus was describing this difference between these two worlds. He spoke of the Holy Ghost that would be in us. Flowing out of us. Amen. Because salvation was from the beginning. He talked about the power to be cleansed. The power to repent. The power to be cleansed. The power to have something now on the inside. Amen. When we begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, this is the initial evidence, a sign that the Holy Ghost is still active. Amen. It still works. Praise God. It still works. If you, if you wire something together, it will come on. If you wired it up right, it'll come on. And you know what? When somebody walks through the proper processes, they shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They shall. Still active today. Over 2,000 years since it was initially poured out the day of Pentecost. But you know, it's still active. People still seeking the Holy Ghost. People still getting the Holy Ghost. Some people and some even churches sadly would like to believe that the Holy Ghost is a thing of the past. That is not for us, but it is not true. They would like to convince you it's a dead river. 
But I'm going to tell you that the Holy Ghost is what keeps the church alive and well. I wouldn't want to be here without the Spirit of God. And so if you stop this river, you've stopped its life. If we keep preaching the Holy Ghost, you know what? God will pour it out. Because you get what you preach. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so God had the Holy Ghost in mind long before the day of Pentecost because it was just one of the four rivers that were running, that were flowing, amen, out of the garden. Finally, the fourth river is named Euphrates. That word means his sweet waters or saving waters. So if living for Jesus isn't sweet for you, then can I tell you that you're not immersed deep enough in it. Because there is nothing more miserable than being half in and half out. Nothing. Nothing more miserable. If this isn't sweet, then you need to just immerse yourself a little bit deeper into the work of God. Because this is a river that flows right through the church. And it's a sweet thing. It's a saving thing. But you know, it's interesting that that the people of Babylon responded to the Euphrates River differently. Babylon in the scripture is like Egypt in the scripture. It's always likened to the world. <clears throat> and so the people of Babylon, they built bridges over the river. Because they didn't want to be bothered by the water. They built bridges over the river because they didn't want the river to interfere with their lives. And so here is Babylon or the world. And that's exactly what the world has done to this river. They don't want to be troubled. <laughs> they don't want to be troubled. So let me get around this. Let me figure out some way around this. The carnal and earthly mind of man would rather do anything than go through this river. Matter of fact, I was reading early this morning, came across an article where at some point, even in, in times, more recent times, they have now tunneled under the river of Babylon. Or the, uh, under the Euphrates River. Because they just don't want to be bothered by getting into. Amen. I don't want to see, I don't want to see the Spirit of God and the power of God as something to avoid. Amen. I, I, the Holy Ghost is a, is a weapon that we need to get rid of carnal thinking. The Holy Ghost is a weapon that it'll, 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 be, it'll help us to get out of the ruts of tradition, help us to get out of the ruts of flesh. The Holy Ghost is a weapon that helps us to use in defense and offense. I need the Holy Ghost. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It flows right through the church. Right through the church. Amen. It's been there since the beginning. It's been there since the beginning. Because God had salvation in mind from the beginning. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to just repeat a couple of things. The power of salvation was not born in the upper room. I'm not trying to take away from that experience. This was manifest in the upper room. It was born in the heart of God from the very beginning. It is not his intention that we would be lost. It is not his intention that we would be on the outside looking in. God wants us on the inside. Amen. I want to dip my feet. I want to dip my heart. I want to plunge myself into whatever the Lord has in store for me. 
Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So why would we reject him? I don't want to tunnel under this. I don't want to try to build something over it. I just want to get in it. I just want to get in it and let the Lord baptize me with his spirit. Praise God. Would across this building, can we lift up our hands? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.